Cullen and McLean did not tremble at the witnessing of Hale Irwin's honesty. Actually, they had no reaction at all. Initially, this left me startled and confused. It hadn't occurred to me that my sons wouldn't naturally feel pride at seeing one of their species demonstrate of what strong and noble stuff we are really made. Bewilderment edged towards panic. Were you watching? I asked. Do you understand what they just showed us? Yes, they both said. But understanding in this case, I knew, didn't arrive without a feeling attached to it. They had not felt weak and then felt their spirits soar. Making a perfunctory nod in their direction, I turned back to stare blankly at the television screen as Colin and McLean left the room. I lapsed into self-recrimination. While I knew myself to be a good father, clearly I'd been negligent in passing on some quite significant values. This was my second wake-up call in less than two weeks. The week before, McLean and I had been talking at dinner about kids who cheated on tests in school. I'd asked him if he'd ever cheated. The conversation went something like this. Not really, McLean answered. Uh, what do you mean, not really? I asked. Well, it's not really cheating if you aren't really trying to look and, and you see the answer on somebody else's paper. Uh, why isn't that cheating? Well, because you weren't really looking for the answer, and because you might have remembered the answer, you, you might have figured it out on your own anyway. Yes, but you didn't, I observed. Well, you might have, he countered. But what value does anything have if you can't say you got it right because you worked hard and you earned the reward? I went on to explain that I certainly hadn't lived the saint's life. I recalled the day when, at about age seven, I stole a candy bar from the corner drugstore. I told him I felt sick about it for days. I also confided that when I was taking tests in school, I thought at different times about looking over to the next desk for the right answer. The urge to do so was sometimes so strong that I would have to put my hands up beside my face like blinders. McLean made it clear in that conversation that he didn't detect the difference between being weak in the moment and being unable or unwilling to admit that some actions were just plain wrong, and yet I had let myself shrug off this awareness with a simple promise to myself that I would talk with him at some later date about all this. Because children arrive without maintenance schedules, many of us are often left with head-scratching as we consider just when to make the necessary adjustments required for safe passage through calamitous youth to reasonable adulthood. We do our tweaking at what seem like prudent intervals, maybe based on a teacher's conference or upon hearing of transgressions made by the neighbor kids. Or, like the weekend handyman, we might jump up and make a show of loud clanging and banging when the winds of change in our children's lives blow fierce out of the north and place in jeopardy peace on the home front. I know I didn't see any marked signposts didn't discern that moment when the planets were aligned just right to maximize the ability of my sons to grow in responsibility, kindness, and wisdom. All along I'd been winging it, hedging my bet with a heavy dose of love and attention. Lo and behold, my sons continually caused my chest to swell with pride and gratitude, lulling me into a false sense of security, especially as I saw that their peers were taking on outsized importance, and the pressure to achieve threatened everywhere I should have prepared for my sons a carefully conceived strategy to make it more than likely that the two would grow to be clear-thinking, honorable, caring, and successful adults. But I hadn't. So as I sat alone, spiritually sick over the reaction of my two sons to golf the great game of honor, I admonished myself to recognize that talk alone is never enough. 
Somehow, some way, I needed to show my sons how honesty and integrity should be and can be integrated into their lives. Demonstrations of these qualities needed to become habitual behavior. They needed to be immersed in a world where right action felt like the norm. And then I knew. Here it was literally staring me in the face as the network returned to its coverage of golf. Golf is the game of honor. In what other sport are the stories of fair play revered with the same intensity as instances of outstanding play? It was time for my sons and me to golf together, to experience the joys of the game together, time for me to explain the rules to them and inspire them to follow these rules with slavish devotion, whether playing alone on a summer's evening or in a tournament in front of thousands of people. Personal integrity is on the run today. Rationalizations abound. I think we all know it.